Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, this is Miranda Wright, and this is day 110 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign. And today we're going to pray against the spiritual famine in the land as we cry out, God, make us hungry for the truth of your word again. In Amos chapter 8, verse 11, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the word of the Lord, and they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. The prophet Amos warned of a famine, but this was not a physical famine of bread and water, this was a famine of the word of God, that spiritual food, because Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so the prophet was foreseeing a famine where people would not be receiving a word from the Lord. They wouldn't be getting that direct revelation, that manna from heaven. They wouldn't be hearing sound doctrine. They wouldn't be receiving the prophetic, that direct right now on time, rhema word from the Lord. Of course, we understand that this season took place in the 400-year period between the book of Malachi and the arrival of Christ. There was no prophetic voice to speak forth in that time period until around the time of the birth of Christ when the prophetess Anna began to profess that the Messiah was coming. And then we began to see other sporadic prophets speaking forth this truth. And then, of course, the greatest prophet, John the Baptist, is revealed to be that one crying in the wilderness, repent for the kingdom of Lord is at hand. And then from this point forward, the Holy Spirit was given that every man might have the opportunity to come boldly before the throne of grace and get a word from heaven to be taught personally by the Holy Spirit to receive the prophetic, to receive revelation, because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit was given so that he might lead us into all truth, all knowledge, all understanding. Jesus said that because the Holy Spirit had been given, his sheep would know his voice and another they would not follow. He desires to have that time with us, that personal communion, where he himself can teach us the deeper revelations of his word. But I propose to you today that there is a famine still in the land, but this one is not by God's hand. It's been widely reported that the message of the Bible is banned in over 52 nations. And with the political climate of our world, and even that in our own backyard, this is only poised to increase. So I ask you today, could your faith survive a famine of the word? If Bibles were banned in your country and the water of the word dried up, would your faith dry up with it as you starved spiritually, being cut off from your source of manna, your daily bread? If you could no longer go and hear the word presented to you from a pulpit, if there were no more Christian paraphernalia, entertainment, 
websites, YouTube videos, TV stations? What if it all disappeared in your nation? Would you starve spiritually? Would you dry up not being handed that glass of water anymore? Or do you have access to the well that never runs dry? Or you like that tree that is rooted deep by the water that when the drought comes... It doesn't even lose its leaves because it's drawing from the source, not just being handed a sip that was drawn up by another man who spent his time at the well. I can tell you that most people today probably say, sure, if Bibles were taken away, I'd be fine. I'd still believe in God. I rarely read my Bible anyway. And therein lies the problem because they don't even realize that they're not fine. You see, the sad reality is that while being given all of the sugar and fake food of no nutritional value that they can eat, spiritually speaking, the modern church is actually starving with a full plate. So today I pose to you the sad reality that there is already a famine in the land, a famine of the true edifying strength building word of God. And the saddest part of it is is that this is a famine of choice. Because the word is available for anyone who chooses to read it. This is not unlike someone who is starving their body, making it sick and slowly killing it with sugary, counterfeit, valueless, nutritionless, pleasant but destructive man-made foods. While the perfect food designed by God's own hand to strengthen, nourish, and edify the body, such as fruits, vegetables, meat, and even milk, sit idly on the shelf. Right now, people's souls are being stricken with a famine of plenty by their own choice and lack of discipline and in doing so have become spiritual gluttons and this is all by choice understand but i am warning you today that a true famine is coming and only those who have made themselves strong on the word of god will spiritually survive when all is taken away Those that ready their storehouses, as Joseph did in Egypt in the years of plenty, by opening their Bibles and filling themselves with the true undefiled word of God, and take the time to learn to hear his voice themselves for fresh manna daily, only these will have much stored up to get them and those around them through the years of famine, as Joseph did in Egypt. Because you see, those who have found themselves in lands where the word of God already has been taken away, they come to realize the truth that is coming to slap the rest of us in the face. When you are spoiled to the excess of plenty, you only want the best, the sweetest, the most pleasant foods. Therefore, few discipline themselves to seek out the not so pleasant, but nourishing, strengthening, healing, life-giving foods much like most modern christians are seeking a sweet and pleasant word while refusing to swallow any bitter correction or those who pick and choose what they want to swallow from scripture and throw out the rest but when famine comes all will learn the true depths of that old proverb that says the full soul loathes a honeycomb but to a hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet because when you have nothing you are grateful for anything so i encourage you today 
to go on the internet, go on YouTube and search for a video and you'll find it quickly. It's very popular. There's a video of Chinese Christians in an underground church in China receiving their very first Bibles where people can be imprisoned and even killed for reading the word of God, for having material that is not approved of by their government. When these Christians receive their first Bibles, they hold them, they cherish them, they cry over them, they breathe them in. They mean so much to them. Every word of it, they appreciate it. And I guarantee you when they get home, they're going to read it. Many men and women of faith have died and sacrificed and paid a very high price to give us the ability and opportunity to have the word of God in our hand, that we can consume it daily. And yet so little do we appreciate it. And so rarely do we utilize it. But there may come a day within our lives or our children's lives that we regret it because we usually don't appreciate something until we've lost it. Oh God, make the people hungry for your word. Make them thirsty for your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to appreciate it now while we can freely access it and not wait until the day that we lose it. You see, the enemy, he always tries to remove the truth of God's word from you. Anytime he gets a foothold in governments or leaderships, he's going to always move to remove the word of God because it is our basis for truth that exposes his lies. It is critical to remember that Satan is a master deceiver, a liar, and the father of it. He will take every opportunity to deceive you to the detriment of your own soul and to the overall body of Christ. He's been doing it from the beginning and he's still using the same tactics because they work. If you don't know the word, you will be deceived by the master of deception, the father of lies, the enemy of your soul. But if he can't outright take it from you, he'll distract you from it. He'll make you think that you don't need it. You don't need to spend time in the word and in prayer. You're doing fine where you are. You can just go and listen to somebody preach to you or teach to you or just hand you that glass of water. You don't need to exert the energy to draw up that water from that well yourself. You're fine the way you are. Examine the tactic of the enemy, my friend, because if he can keep you out of the word, he can keep you confused. He can deceive you. By twisting the word, you will never be able to discern the spirits as Christ told us to do. Because the word of God says that the Bible is sharper than any two-edged sword and is able to discern between the soul and the spirit, the heart and the intents. It is our basis for discernment. So without an understanding of it, you will fall to deception. And not just the written word, but also the rhema word, spending that time in prayer in God's presence that the Holy Spirit can bring you revelation that you can get to know his character, that you can hear his voice and recognize his leading and learn how to be led of his spirit. These things are so important that we cultivate these things in the years of plenty, because when a famine comes, it's too late. You need to be able to sustain yourself, you need to be like that tree planted by the water that can still produce good fruits and feed it to others. 
When Satan approached Eve in the garden, the first thing he did was to cause her to question God's words and commandments, or at least her understanding of it. Think about what he told her. He said, did God really say that? Then he did what he does best. He twisted the words of God, knowing that half-truths are more effective than whole lies. And once she entertained those thoughts, he began to then plant contempt towards the intentions of the words that God had spoken. He gave what seemed like very logical reasons to believe what he said, topped off with just a little pride priming and ego stroking. And so Adam and Eve fell to his deceit, and many countless others have been doing the same ever since. There is a very real danger in choosing to not know the word of God. And I say choosing to not know because most of us hearing this today have free access to the word of God whenever we want. The danger is not having a personal relationship where we can hear from him personally and directly daily. The danger in depending on a preacher or a teacher or a denomination The danger in not knowing the word of God is that Satan does and he will twist it to confuse you and those around you at every opportunity. He will cause you to fall on your own sword if you don't take the time to learn how to use it. I assure you Satan will use this tactic against you. Remember he tried to use this tactic even against Christ himself who is the word. When Christ was tempted in the wilderness, the devil tried the same thing on the second Adam that had worked so well on the first one. However, Christ did not entertain Satan's twisted words backed by partial out-of-context verses. Instead, having a good knowledge and understanding of the word, he simply quoted true scripture and cut through every lie and trick that Satan threw at him. And we should always be ready to do the same. This is why in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 it says study God's word to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. My friend the word of God is a precious and valuable gift. Let us not take it for granted but desire it always. As David said in Psalms 42 verse 1 as the deer pants After the waters of the brook, so let our soul desire after him, after his word, after his presence, to hear from him personally in prayer and get that revelation and to open the word of God, consume it, let it be written upon our hearts. In fact, the psalmist said, O Lord, write your law upon my heart that I might not sin against you. Understanding his precepts, understanding his word will help us to have the conviction that will draw us to repentance and keep us in right standing. It will teach us his character that will keep us from being confused and confounded by all of the counterfeit spirits. And it will teach us his voice and how to personally hear it, that we never have to be dry, even whenever the preaching stops or turns into lies, as we know will happen in the final days and is already happening even today because as Paul said even in his time that spirit of antichrist is already 
in the earth. My friend, you cannot depend on being spoon-fed the Word of God or eventually somebody's going to feed you poison. You've got to learn the Word for yourself. You've got to be able to hear His voice. Personally, you've got to get in that place of prayer with your word. No commentaries, no books, nobody telling you what to believe. You got to get on your knees and say, God, you paid a price to give me your Holy Spirit to lead me into all truth. So I believe in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm asking you, teach me, reveal your word to me. And I assure you, he will. He'll bring you personal revelation he will reveal himself to you it's his desire to do so and if you spend that time being planted by that river of living water that deep well and you let your roots grow down deep into the word of God then it doesn't matter what storm comes it's not going to knock you down it doesn't matter what drought comes you're not going to dry up and stop bearing fruit you're going to be connected because your roots are drawing from the source you're not being watered by a gardener. Praise God for the shepherds. Praise God for those who plant seed. Praise God for those who water. But what happens when they're not there? You need to have roots that can draw from the source so that you still bear fruit when worse comes to worse. Because in actuality, those that lead us, that direct us, that disciple us, our pastors and apostles and teachers and prophets, they're really there when we're in that baby stage, that new Christian stage, that we're just that little tree, that young plant, and it needs that extra attention. It needs to be watered. It, its roots aren't very deep. It needs to be pruned. It needs to be cultivated. But there needs to come a point at which you are drawing from the river of God himself, from the Holy Spirit yourself that you are drawing the word you're hearing from him and the word of God is being revealed to you that you can then bear fruit to feed others with. Let us not be lazy Christians relying on the teachings of others that can so easily be twisted by the enemy, but let us seek God ourselves and allow the true teacher, the Holy Spirit, to reveal all truth to us through direct communion with God and time in his powerful, invaluable, precious word. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for the word. God, we ask that you reveal it to us, that you teach us from it. God, I pray that you open our spiritual ears, that we hear your voice clearly. Lord, that we set aside that time that we discipline ourselves to receive the truth of it, not just to pick what we want out of it, Father, and to leave the rest aside, Lord, not just to take the dessert and the sugary treats, but to, Lord, take our veggies and the meat and all of the things that we need from it, to take the correction and the direction, to seek it out, Lord, not to seek out those that speak what we want them to speak, but seek out those who speak what we know our soul needs, that we might find conviction and be driven to repentance, that we might grow in grace, because we understand that nobody is going to grow a into a healthy and strong human being if they're only eating the things that are pleasing. God, help us to have discipline in our spirit and in our physical life that we can live healthy, that we can be strong, healthy Christians that are willing to consume the things that are good for us, even if they may not be the most pleasant parts of scripture. But Lord, help us to search out those things that help us to grow and to be strong. 
God, give us a hunger for all of it. Let us become so thirsty for time in your presence and in prayer because that you reveal so much to us when we meet you there. Lord, let us never be satisfied with being spoon-fed or handed a glass of water, spiritually speaking, from a teacher or a preacher only because we don't want to be handed poison and not know it. Lord, help us to always search out even what we hear. Lord, even what I am speaking into their ears right now, give them a hunger and a desire to search it out in Scripture to see if it's true, if it's really coming from you. Lord, let us never assume But let us always pray, seek your face and open your word to see what you have to say. God, I'm praying for it across the land and across the nation. God, I pray that you would bring a wave of truth and a wave of revelation. But more than that, a wave of truth seekers, those who desire to know the deeper things of the word of God, those who are willing to sit down with you and be taught of you personally, as even Paul did and all of those in the scripture. And even Jesus, as you said, part of the purpose in your sacrifice was to give us that access to release the Holy Spirit to us, that he might anoint us and move through us and teach us and use us to teach others. And Lord, we understand that you do bring teachers into our lives, but they should be confirming the things that you are speaking to us personally if we truly are taking the time to seek you. So God, convict us. I pray for a conviction, for our lack of conviction, for the lack of time and attention that we give to you and your word. Lord, so many are sacrificing their very lives to have the opportunity to read one or two verses in your word, in these countries and these places where it has been made illegal. Oh God, we have such free access to it. All through the ages and the generations, so many have paid the price with their life to bring this word to us that we can freely use it, have access to it, and yet we abuse it. We don't even appreciate it. We put it on a shelf and let it collect dust. Or we trust what somebody else says about it and we never truly Read it ourselves so that when the enemy steps in and starts to twist it, we believe him because we don't know your character or what you really said. Oh, Lord, I believe your word and I want to be changed by it. I want to consume it so that it becomes part of me, that it changes me internally and eternally. God, give us a hunger for your word again. Give us a thirst for your Holy Spirit. Give us a drive to receive your revelation when you show us your deep truths in the word and how they apply to us. Lord, we repent of being complacent and we thank you today and express our deepest appreciation For your precious, powerful, and indescribably valuable word. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.